You're about to enter Nowhere, California. If you like what you hear, please search for us on iTunes. Uh, look at Nowhere, California, all one word. You can also find us on Facebook.com slash Nowhere, California. Please hit like. And as always, we are very hungry for your feedback. So if you have any requests or anything like that, please send your love, your hate, or your apathy to Nowhere underscore California at Yahoo.com. Welcome to the grand finale of The Great Debate, or as I like to call it, The Master Debaters. Yes, I have the sense of humor of a nine-year-old. Enjoy. Adam was kind of a bitch. <laughs> he kind of took a backseat to, to everything else. The third was by far the worst. Mm-hmm. We'll cross that bridge. <laughs> yeah, we're the third. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, I agree. you know, I just... Uh, you we know, all know you agree. Uh, you, know, you know where I stand. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, I love this Michael Keaton was so good that they kept his brow line and everything yeah. in the cowl oh, yeah, yeah. through all of the films, no matter if it was Clooney mm-hmm. or Val Kilmer wearing that. Yeah. So I guess that would be a perfect time to jump into the era of Schumacher. Oh. Uh, the Schumacher, uh, Batman Boyles. Yeah. Batman Boyles is back. Michael Keaton, not Michael Keaton, Rob yeah. Tim Burton being a fan of what Frank Miller did, yeah. and Schumacher being a guy who grew up with Brady Bunch Batman. Yeah. yeah, that's that's what it is. Schumacher was a guy who doesn't know Frank Miller. Okay. He knows Adam West. Adam West. That's Adam. the incarnation that he was trying. He was going with capitalizing on what the camp happened with Tim Burton, mm-hmm. but then bringing it in and bringing in the camp so that he can reconnect with the people of his generation. So, uh-huh. so that is a, it's a generational thing. Where Frank Miller and Tim Burton really were close in creating what was you know the first two films. Mm-hmm. But then Joel Schumacher is a, is a fan of the old stuff, yeah. and so that's where there's so many that the whole you must have metal Batman. I mean, there are things that are throwbacks to. to the I remember seeing that when I was a kid. Riddler's costume was a throwback to the whole skin tight. Yeah. In fact, I believe Jim Carrey said that he didn't wear anything underneath it. I'm not surprised. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah, there. It's it's the same. You know, it's it's the the very very sad thing is that that time is a cash cow. How much can we milk this for? Let's, yeah, let's see what we can do and, and why what we can make. And, and, and it was a commercial success. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. But it was a blunder. Yeah, you know. And then they rushed the second one out that killed it. Yeah, the one with uh, Clooney. Even Clooney admits yeah. to this well, thing. I have a question. Why couldn't they get Michael Keaton to agree? Is it because Tim Burton was not there? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he produced it. Tim Burton produced it. But, but he, still, was not, he, he was under the obligation to produce it because he actually was asked to do three films. Yes. But when they brought on new writers and they stopped mm-hmm. obtaining the material of it, there's little tiny tidbits mm-hmm. that you know that are left over from things. Like the yeah. mention of Metropolis coming into it. Mm-hmm. The uh, um, the connecting between Robin's parents dying mm-hmm. and like your your parents were killed by a madman. Yes, they, yes, were. they were. You know, yeah. so yeah. that's left over from the original script they had originally done with Tim Burton in mind. But they but they decided to go. The company decided to go with camp mm-hmm. and with cheesiness, right? You know, and overdoing it. So that's where Tim Burton's like, you know, I'm not going to do this. And yeah, that's where they tapped Schumacher. Well, that was like oh, the earliest forms of the star. And, uh, Michael Keaton just jumped yeah. ship. The star uh, staying loyal to the director. And the director wasn't there. Yeah. yeah. So he's like, I'm not in. Everyone orig- originally attached to it, that, you know, where, where when Tim Burton was attached to it, right. they were not in it with right. the exception of 
Pat Hingle and uh, Michael Goff. And uh, question is like, do you think Michael Keaton could have done well with um, you know the new director? No, uh, no, no. So you think he it was a wise decision for him? Yeah. Uh, well, I think it was a very wise decision for him to bow out because it preserved. Look at what it, what it has preserved. Right. I mean, it, it still sets the first two apart from leaps and bounds from the, from the other last two. Actually, uh-huh. all. Yeah. Well, yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. And, and I will still say to this day, Michael Keaton's my favorite Batman. Same here. Period. Period. Uh, okay. You know, um, mm-hmm. I just I think that uh, I think the direction that they were going with visually, story wise, was just shit. <laughs> and you know, when you, when you <laughs> that, somebody explain the the brain thing to me. Yeah. We try to try to figure it out. They go. Oh yeah, you mean melding in? He goes, anybody else feel like a fried egg or trying to block in there? We just all of that. I will try explaining that scientifically. I think the part that really 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 bothered me about that whole situation. Exactly. You know, one Batman would have known better. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. And Michael Keaton would have known better to put that damn thing on his forehead. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, going to that box or whatever, you know. That's what you get with them. Oh, yeah. I mean, Doctor Strange tried to do something similar in the comic books and in the TV series, and he was able to shield his mind. You know, I mean, he got little tidbits in there that revealed that he was there, but is that, is that really what all, all Bruce Wayne thinks about? It's just so like that. he said, the whole point is that Bruce Wayne is the mask and Batman. Right. Like, you know, when yeah. there was a little eight-year-old boy, that little eight-year-old boy's innocence and his world is dead. Dead, yeah. What was born out of that moment is Batman. Yeah. It's just vengeance, revenge, and what happens good yeah. after that moment is a byproduct of his vengeance. Oh, oh that's, but that's a, that's a whole other discussion. The right? final line, uh, the, fi- the final line that he says, you see, I'm both Bruce Wayne and Batman, uh-huh. Not because I have to be, but because I choose to be. Is that left over from the original script, or is that part of the camp? No, that's that's part of the camp. Yeah, it's them. It's them trying to compromise. A compromise the, exactly. the character from the comic and yeah. this thing in the movie. Yeah, because I didn't agree that he would just walk away from being Batman. Oh, cool! I'm going to start dating uh, this doctor. No, Batman. Was, was, you know, the whole, the whole premise of Batman and Robin was that he was trying to quit. You know, mm-hmm. so he can marry Elle McPherson. Yeah, which. Granted, this is a noble gesture. Yeah. yeah. Pretty hot chick. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Pretty hot chick. <laughs> she got a martini. But yeah, it's, it, okay. it's, the, it's the same kind of notion. You're, you're, yeah. It's ridiculously dumb in that sense that they were just trying to cash it. Look at Arnold Schwarzenegger as Thank you. And originally, Patrick Stewart was supposed to be linked into that one, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. As you know, Dr. Freeze. Which would have been brilliant. Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze, Dr. Freeze. What's that, man? Dude, you got Bane, who is just a mindless And he was intellectually and physically the closest to Batman's match mm-hmm. he ever encountered. It was, it, their throwing Bane as a throwaway character into it was just a way to please the comic book guys who were like, oh, Bane's going to be in it. And he's like, like pissed off. Off. he's Bopperboom with steroids. <laughs> yeah. Bopperboom. Bob. I love And then you have um, Dr. Woodrow, who was actually Floronic Man in the comic books mm-hmm. as another throwaway character. Mm-hmm. He was an actual villain to both Batman and Green Arrow. Um, and he's a throwaway character. He's, 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 he's a throwaway character. I love the look 
of Uma Thurman. Yeah. I hated the route that they took with her. And I don't mm. think that's necessarily her well, fault. Yeah, she played the crap out of that character. She though. tried to pl- She did the best she could with yeah. the shit they dished her. That's oh, but they wrote all those terrible without grab your rocks. Yeah. Was all those stupid clowns. Uh-huh. Starting with Jill Again, that's a throwback to all the old. I remember there was supposedly an argument, I don't know if you guys heard about this, that Arnold got into a fight with one of the prop makers because originally he had a little gun. He goes, I love to carry little guns. And he smashed it and goes, give me big gun. That's not what he Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't either. I didn't hear that. I carry big gun. I'm not going to carry this piece of shit. And he broke the prop. I guess now to... Not to cut you off on this. Um, I noticed the kind of smirk on Nick's face right now with talking about Schumacher and everything. Let's step into Superman Returns. And Tim Burton would come to save the day. Yeah. Yes. Then you have Joel Schumacher to ruin any things, and then you have Christopher Nolan and Christian Bale to save the day. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so that's what you mean. It's a, it's a formula. Yeah. People were, I know a lot of people who were just upset, like, well, how come he's like this? What is that? I'm like, because it, this is a whole new Batman. Yeah. It's a whole people new Batman. People thought it was a brand It really is a complete retelling of year one. Oh, yeah. Because the characters of, of, of Falcone are from year one. And yeah. actually, predates that. He goes a lot yeah. further back. Falcone's one of the earliest villains mm-hmm. made for made for Batman. When Batman was still toting the gun, that was who the kept one of the characters was the Batman. Uh, uh, yeah. Mob boss. It was a, a big throwback to Dick Tracy and those those Paul Thomas. Um the cool thing about it, I thought it was a better Batman where Michael Keaton was a great cinema Batman, this was a great comic book Batman. Uh, yeah. Comic book yeah. to film. Yes. Uh, so it was and more it's true. early Batman it's him getting his start out you know yes he's very dependent upon these damages <laughs> of other people Matt is shaking his head I love it okay but it's them tackling a villain who's not very widely known with Ron right. Cool. yeah um, you know the Scarecrow some people do for, especially because he got very yeah. popular with the TV the animated series but Ray Ghul was still an obscure obscure character who was very widely known to the comic book realm but not known to people the outside. mainstream now the casting the casting was great those people are connected to Christopher Nolan who they knew Christopher Nolan might be this kind of you know Mm-hmm. What 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 Tim Burton was to, to those first films? Yeah. That's the people they were attached themselves to Christopher Nolan. Right. You know they still are. I mean, you see some of those same guys, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Christian Bale. They've been in other movies. Yeah, they've been in more of his oh, films oh, as time. Oh, it's kind of like oh, cast of Inception and Batman. Yeah. 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 Okay. I I know I know you that that's where you're gonna. This is number eight, so feel free. No, this is what we're doing. The bat. I I didn't like Christian Bale's voice of bat. Thank you. No, no, no. It's like why? How should I think they're like gargling with like marbles? Yeah. It's all the voice. Yeah. No, no, no. Why would I go there? Yeah. I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna write some words. He's ex-detective Flash, and he lifts him up. 
Batman because it's fear. It's a fear-based thing. It throws back to the moment where, who are you? I'm Batman. Fear, and that's what drives Batman. And they got back to that moment of just, like... I get it. And they did. They did. They really, really did. But I hated, I absolutely hated that Ken Watanabe was not Rizal Oh, yeah. He looked the part. He fit the part. He was perfect for the part. Yeah, dude. So, whoa, I love Liam Neeson. <laughs> yes. But why the fuck would you shift gears and just throw him up? No, you're like that. Uh, yeah. It, I'm like, he was perfect. He was perfect. See, that's like a black mask. mask he's perfect in the look, but Rachel Gould's not. Asian. <laughs> Granted, but he's, he's closest to anything Asian. He's Middle Eastern. Nevertheless, <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely not British. No, he's definitely not. He's not British, but I don't know. I'm a missing mustache. What? Well, he's he's kind of had a little Fu Manchu thing going on. <laughs> In the comics, but Liam Neeson, what the hell? Why would... Mm, I want to go and share this little bar. I'm going to do a reverse it. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm going to do. I have a question for you. The guy from uh, Ninja Turtles 2 who voiced Ray Shagul, isn't he British? Voiced Ray Shagul? He's in Ninja Turtles 2. In the cartoon. Well, then, uh, no, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Ninja Turtles 2, the doctor dude who he voiced Ray Shagul in uh, the TV series, uh-huh. isn't he British? He's never been he's never been identified as a British character. Oh, well, he's never really been identified as any race. Well, 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 yeah, he's kind of an international man. Yeah. But, uh, thank you. But, uh, I agree. I can't want not would have done a great job, but I, I, that's assuming that you're going to make Rachel Ghoul Asian. <laughs> Just a great, great actor to play a very small role. <laughs> I just think there was too many people that needed to wipe Batman's butt. <laughs> uh, but it's a year one storyline. He's he's not. So what happens when not you're year, established? What happens when you're year eight and you still need somebody to wipe his head? <laughs> he's still relying on Lucius Fox. He's still relying, you know, on. Well, he he pouts and kicks Alfred out of the house <laughs> for Alfred calling on his bullshit and and basically you know. Oh, the dark night rises. And he's like, oh, his body's broken, even though he's only clocked in. In the middle of that, of course, was is, is the Dark Knight itself, which yes, is a Joker film, but it, it also speaks to the torment that that happens to Bruce Wayne. It's not it, it's a Joker slash Two Face, then a Batman film somewhere down here as an afterthought. Because Harvey Dent was fucking amazing in that movie. Yes, he really was. He was great in both parts, and you're like, he is going to be the light that's going to save Gotham. I still would have liked to see Lando play Two Face. I'm like, 
And then I and then <laughs> how many you don't know what the fuck they throw in his face. They no one was signed to do a third one uh-huh. after everything with Dark Knight, with Heath dying and everything. How close him and Heath got and everything. The original idea for the third one was going to be that battle, Joker Batman, the ultimate battle, yeah, the one we've always wanted. We're destined to do this forever. Yeah, 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 so yeah exactly. But um, with everything that happened, losing Heath and everything, uh-huh. it crushed no one, and he did not. Honestly, it was to a point where the, the, there was rumblings he was not going to do it. He, they were going to try to figure out a different yeah, way. He was, he was very, very, very tough trying to get out of it. He, yeah. didn't, he didn't want to go because he thought it would be an affront to the memory and the mm-hmm. legacy yeah. that Heath Ledger had left behind. So, with what? <laughs> what? So, anyway, I just went to one record. 
And what was your original response? My original response to it was, oh my gosh, he broke back Joker. <laughs> I said, oh my god, you're telling this guy short, he's going to be amazing. I said, oh, I did not know, I, because I'm like, this guy's, he's too young, he's too updates. I was and, 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 and it twists, he can twist the knife on it. But then I watched um, uh, the Lords of Dogtown. Um, Damn, and I saw him with Heath Ledger how he was acting. But at, at that time, all I saw, all I saw was him doing uh, for, with, not first night. What is it called? A nice tale. A nice tale. Yeah, yeah it's it was good. But he, but he's like this hump actor, you know, like playing the hump. But he knew he had it in him. For but I, I didn't. All I had was the experience of Brokeback Mountain. Uh, which was a great dramatic role, but I don't know how he's going to do as a joke, comic yeah. psychotic villain. Oh, yeah. I have had him doing two heroic roles with The Patriot and with A Knight's Tale. You know what I'm talking about? But then watching, watching his kind of a little bit off the character role in yeah. Lords of Dogtown, in a very small role, yes. you know, as the, as the guy who runs the shop or whatever, um, I went, whoa. Thanks, Mr. Stacey Perrault. Yes. I, I guess that's a... That's a Interesting shift in a person who maybe has some versatility in his acting. But you know what I know? What? You know absolutely what I know? What? When they shot, when they had the picture of him on set. And oh. See, the the back pocket. Yeah. And see what he had in his back pocket. The killing joke. killing joke. Yep. And I'm all, that motherfucker knows what he's doing. Yes. He knows exactly what he's doing. And that that is the sickest, most twisted the joke has yeah. been. And it that was really perfect. Alan Moore's take on, on that comic book, I mean, I have yeah. it, it's boxed up right now, right. but it's twisted. It's That's the next comic I'm thinking How perfect! How perfect, without even saying the word. It is psychosis. Yeah. In the Dark Knight, when they're in the bank. Is he on a boat? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. yeah, no, it's genius. Oh, yeah. And just then, how you just knew the reveal. shit was going to hit the fan just off of one note. Building, just, you know. Well, I didn't have to when uh, he was getting the crap kicked out of him. He said, well, what, how, what, how would I live without you? I'm like, and what popped in my head was, I can't quit you, Batman. <laughs> right. <But it's, laughs> you know, that it's just, yeah. never once, never once, never once in that movie, not one time do you see Batman truly have an upper hand on Joker. Not really. Not once. He stops him. He mm-hmm. stops him. But that's it. He's just delaying the inevitable. And <laughs> I think with that, that was the prelim for the third one, like building for that, not getting the upper hand uh-huh. Joker, but being able to get to that end to have the third movie be the mm-hmm. payoff. And that's the reason that with mm-hmm. Dark Knight Rises, I even told him like after a while hearing Bane do his voice over and over again, it sounds like a rejected like Billy Do Right character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the, the problem, the problem with Nolan's rendition of Batman, it, where he he doesn't get the balance, the balance, the balance that Superman has, the super and the man, nailed with Christopher Reeves, mm-hmm. um, you don't get that with Nolan's character, where it was a great balance with Tim Burton's rendition, you know, between the bat and the man. Yeah. You don't have that with with Nolan's rendition. Yeah, because yeah. you have the man who puts on his mask occasionally. Yeah, he does really, really nail in the first one this tragic character, you know? Um, and they know a little bit, like, oh, you know, Bruce Wayne is your mask, you know, kind yeah. of thing. And they do that at the end. But then they don't come back to that. And it's always the man <coughs> running behind these villains. 
Yeah. You see him now trying to catch up with these villains, and he doesn't. He never has the upper hand on Bane either. Correct. Right. Doesn't have upper hand on Bane. He never gets one on Joker. Um, he's barely there to catch up to what uh, Two Face does, you know. And Scarecrow's still out there, so yeah. yeah. You know, the, the thing that that bothered me about saying <clears throat> Bruce Wayne is my mask, you know, that I am I'm Batman. Bruce Wayne is. You know, I wanted to see. I wanted to discover that in cinema, not have it told to me. Yeah, that's the way it should have been. You should have been able to realize. So because that's what you get when you see the Michael Keaton one. Mm-hmm. You see that. You see him living in a dark house. Yeah. Yeah. He's very reclusive. Doesn't mm-hmm. you know? Is in the limelight a whole lot. Kind of you know keeps to himself that kind of thing. And the only time that he's really comfortable is when he's sitting in the back cave, when he's figuring something out, when he's doing something. Exactly. When he's making that difference, or when he's out on the streets, you mm-hmm. know, you, that's that's when you get that. And he's so uncomfortable as Bruce Wayne. Yeah, and very I don't know how to do this. Well, on the flip side of that, I, mm-hmm. it's it's hard to see any moment where Bruce Wayne is comfortable being Batman in the Nolan films. Right. Yeah. He does not look mm-hmm. comfortable. Like this is something he has to do in order to get. It's like he's always struggling. He has to do not want to do. Uh huh. And one of the things that was a real kick in the pants for me is you introduce the character of the Catwoman or Cat, and you don't have them fight at all. I mean, uh, isn't that just a little bit of a character? No, because the thing with the the original, not the original concept, but the concept behind Catwoman, especially, has been popular, is that she's a Robin Hood character. Right. Yeah. You know, and they really, I mean, since the 80s, they, that's, that's been kind of the character that she's that she's taken on. Right. right. She's more a Robin Hood character. So Anne Hathaway's character, you know, playing Selena Kyle, is this throwback to the Suicide Slums. Right. And Suicide Slums has a hero, and that hero is not yeah. a hero at all, but a vigilante. You know, this Robin Hood steal from the rich to get to the poor kind of person. But isn't she capable of really holding her own? Because oh, she is. But you don't... No one didn't want to do anything with that because mm-hmm. you have this morally ambiguous character that Michelle Pfeiffer kind of kind of took on a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, she she teams up a little bit. Michelle always had a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. she teams up a little bit with Bane. You yeah. know, but only had a theory. Right. Well, Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman, you know, did it because you know she kind of hates Batman. Yeah. You know, I had a little bit of a beef with him, you know, for whatever reason. I figured if anybody can make me respect the works of Christopher Nolan, I figured it would be you, because you are explaining it in a pretty good light. It's, it's, but see, it's, it's somebody's rendition of a right. character that is very, very tough to nail. Right. You know, because it's, a, it, it's not balanced the way that Tim Burton... It's a tough one to You can yeah. You see Michael Keaton fit into that role... Mm-hmm. Both roles, because it is a dual role. Yeah, you know, um, Christopher Reeve standing in as, as Superman and as Clark Kent is a dual role. Mm-hmm. You're playing two characters, right? You know, where Superman's character is one that has to hide to, you know, to keep grounded on Earth, and the other one that is above mankind. You have another one with Batman. Bruce Wayne is the the, the little kid, you know, who's angry. And Batman is his answer to what happened to that little kid. Right. Um, no one didn't hit that. No. No one touched it. Yeah. But, but then he hit it on the head. hit it on the head. You know, when Bruce Wayne and Michael Keaton goes out and leaves roses every year, you know, for on his parents, mm-hmm. because it still tortures him. Mm-hmm. You know, you forget about that. Then it becomes about this stupid 
Maggie Gyllenhaal character died, and that's what forced him to retire. I know. know. Okay, since we basically did just cover the entire Nolan thing. We gotta cover the Superman. We gotta come back to Superman. They wore him and and their friend of mine, they they wore their Superman shirts to watch Batman. Mm -hmm. So I wore my Batman shirt to go watch Superman. At the end of that movie, I walked home like I did. Uh, and then the end of Batman begins, and that Superman returns with Eliza without Ryan. It was, it was a, it was supposed to be paying homage to the original mm-hmm. that wound up being nothing more than plagiarism. Right. Yeah, it was a wrong move. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's another statement. <laughs> yeah. It did try to, it's like it tried to get rid of Richard Pryor in Quest for Peace, but instead well, replaced it with. In any. In any film uh-huh. where a second tier character shows more heroism than Superman himself. Yeah. Poor Brad and Ralph. You know, <laughs> I know. Seriously. Seems like a nice dude. Uh, <laughs> James Marston as the yeah. fiance of yeah. the Okay, I'll step aside this list. Okay, I'll take you to these things, Lois. Okay, I'll help you save this guy that you love, Lois. Holy shit! Yeah, how many more times can you drive it on that he's the hero of the movie? Uh, <laughs> you know, and really, I'm so fucking tired of Lex Luthor. I don't want to see him in another film. Although they hinted at somebody possibly being cast as Lex Luthor, and I went, "Ooh, is the guy from Breaking Bad?" No, no. Well, he's, he's Who are they working with now? Younger, Joaquin Phoenix. I read that. I'm not happy with that. I am. I am very happy. I'd love to see him. I'm going to tell you why I'm happy with that. I'm going to say it in one word. Gladiator. True. Okay. You put it in that way, I... I was fucking floored by how he can do that. Plus, just the darkness that he can channel. I'd like to see him... <clears throat> I don't know why I always I'm just wanting to see somebody do Brainiac in one of these movies well yeah I would love to see that too, movie, yeah. I, I would love to see that well, mm-hmm. let's, 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 let's stick to it let's try and get right let's stick to this shit let's stick to Kevin Spacey Kevin Spacey should have should have been could have been a fantastic Lex Luthor mm-hmm. you didn't need What's Her Bucket to play his you know oh yeah they threw so much shit in that film to try to pay homage. Do you realize that the widow that he inherited everything from was Lois Lane. Lane in the original? Yeah, yeah. And then the guy who tends bar, uh, that was Jimmy Olsen. That was Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. That was Jimmy Olsen from the original series. They, they tried, they, they tried to pay homage to, to George Reeves and the Christopher Reeves. Christopher Reeves and everything. Like, I, I remember watching just the, the teaser trailer, and yeah. they used... The music and I used and I cried. Yeah, I went. Yeah, this, this, could, be, this could be it. This could be the thing that redeemed Superman for a generation. I know the, the teaser was that was literally the prettiest thirty seconds of the entire movie. Yes, yeah. Yeah. I will agree. So. Um, you know, Superman the Weekend Dad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, leaves a, he, leaves, he leaves the planet for five years. What the? What the fuck? Mm-hmm. I mean, in comic continuity, he can fly to the earth, to the to the sun and back in less in less uh-huh. than three minutes. And you're gonna tell me it's gonna take him five years to go track down where Krypton might be? And somewhere along the lines, he's not gonna go. 
All right, ship air. So put it on the thermometer. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a great. I didn't find. I just, I just found death. I found, I found death. It was about you were having some kind of affair. Those scenes and I'm going, 
I, I, as soon as I got on, on the ground, I texted him and said, okay, I just saw it. <laughs> Best place I could see it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, it's too late. <laughs> oh wow, man! It, wow. You know, seriously, it was. They they remembered the small things. Mm -hmm. They remembered the little things that made it so important. The flashbacks to Clark restraining himself. Mm -hmm. The flashbacks to Clark having trouble figuring out where he's at, and the lessons his mom. Listen to my voice. Can you rely on all by yourself and listen? Listen to my voice. Absolutely gorgeous, you know. Mm -hmm. Kevin Costner when, when he when he sacrifices himself. The fact that when it comes down to it, what should I do? Should I turn myself into General Zod? What should I do? Where does he go? He goes church. to church. Yeah. He goes to church and he asks the priest, "What should I do?" And the and the priest says, "No." Sometimes you got. Sometimes you just gotta have a little faith, you know. Sometimes you gotta have that faith. The trust comes later. Yeah, the trust. Yeah, the trust will come after that. And and again, and it, it, that is what inspired him to go and present himself. <coughs> and now, when, when Christopher Maloney's character, you know, comes, uh, uh, Colonel Hart yeah. comes walking out, and, you know, after the battle between Feyora and the yeah, Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> a giant thing. Uh, <laughs> the new nod. He says, this man is not our enemy. You know, earning the trust. I love that. Earning that trust. You know, mm -hmm. that, was, that was important, you know. And I love how smart Lois is. Yes. I love it. You have Pulitzer Prize, you know, a uh, uh, writer, you have a Pulitzer Prize journalist who gets out there into investigate The one where she says, you know, I do my best work when I'm in a flat jacket, that kind of thing. And that's that's the truth. She really digs in deep and she says, you know, then they backtrack your story, backtrack your story, backtrack. And, you know, I love that that's how she finds out who he is. He doesn't have to reveal himself. She, she figures it yeah. out. And I also kind of like the idea that a lot of Smallville kind of already knows who he is. I like that. And that they're so close-knit that they keep him secret. Yeah, I like keep that. him safe. Yes. They absolutely keep him safe. And Lawrence Fishburne, I think, is going to be one of the greatest Perry Whites. Yes, he already is. Mm -hmm. uh, it was just, it was mm -hmm. well cast from the, you know, hey, I, I thought, okay, I was going to be Jane Smith. Coming off of Les Le Mis, I thought, oh, God, Russell Crowe. Mm -hmm. What the hell? Oh, he was awesome as Jor-El. When he's walking her through the, through the how to get out, he goes, duck. That was so much dignity in the way that he portrayed it. It, it was great. They, you know, and they really captured the strength of some of the lesser characters, too. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, uh, you know, lesser, yeah. you know he, Clark's mother, mm -hmm. so I shouldn't say that, Kal-El's mother, yeah. uh, Laura, the, the poise which she carries herself with when she's Mm -hmm. She knows the end. There's nowhere to run. There's nowhere to go. There's you know there's nowhere to go. But she holds her head high, you know, and all that stuff, and stands by Jor-El's memory. People took death kind of like they were peeling off a bandaid. Both Kevin Costner's death, and you know, he gets whisked away by a tornado. Was, and she gets hit, you know, taken by the explosion. It was like that. Very indicative of belief. <laughs> yeah, of belief. You know, yeah. of faith in something. I believe something so strongly that I'll stand by this right to the end. Right. You know, and that that was it was it was cool to watch. However, I will say this: there there was never a moment where I was more impressed with Michael Shannon 
Then at the end, when he says, everything that I have done, no matter how brutal, no matter how cruel, has been a protection of Krypton. You know, and you have taken my people, you have taken my planet, I have nothing. And, you know, and it's just... Oh, yeah. You realize at that moment he is absolutely changed and transformed and he's going to do everything he can. And the, the fact that it boils down to him having to break Zod's neck, I really applaud that. Yeah. Because where Christopher Nolan and, and, and the, the crew got together and kind of pussyfooted their way out of Ra's al Ghul's death, yeah, I'm not going to say it. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to say it. I don't have to But I don't have to save you. I'm like, that is killing That's me. not the, the kind of win against... I, I would have rather he made the clear decision. But, you know, Clark really had to make the decision. You know, Superman had to make that decision, mm-hmm. and he, uh, you know, he did it with as much anguish. You know that that whole story. Oh my God! The cry after he did it—it's yeah. just as big as the cry was last Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> just and he falls on his knees after doing it. I will tell you from this point forward, I'm terrified of where they're going. Yeah, I, I'm afraid. I, all, I can, all I can hear in my head is Mortal Kombat Annihilation. <laughs> I know too many talking people in the movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's it's, it's see they, they they created something beautiful with Marvel. Yeah, yes. They they did away with paying homage. They did away with with what they gave it a story before, mm-hmm. and they created a whole fresh. incarnation, fresh thing of Superman that is not only relevant to the world, mm-hmm. you know, which is what they had a problem with before to make him an illegitimate kid, you know, right. but also um, it's believable, the characters are intelligent, and it fits right into where we are today, that we are, we can need a Superman. You know, not that he's this like, oh, can you walk around in a crazy costume? No, that he is something that is an icon, you know, that he's protecting, he's precious. And an but but, it, but the, the, the dichotomy between the super and the man is exactly perfect. Right. That's what it is. He's powerful. He's absolutely powerful. And yet, he has this upbringing just enough to go visit mom. Yeah. Just <laughs> enough to go visit mom. And now you're going to throw in all of these characters... Because you're running to catch up to what Marvel has done. Right. You know, you're going to sacrifice the beautiful thing you created, you created. to see how much money you can make. Well, let's it. hope they don't do that. They know what they're doing. You know, I, this is where the, this, I, I believe that no one knows what he's doing, but no one's going to be facing up against a bunch of people who are going, okay, we've got to catch up to a board. He's facing a corporation instead of yeah, but Zach, I don't think Zack Snyder will go down without a fight. That's the whole thing, yeah. I don't think he'll go down without that fight. He's been very true to, you know, to Watchmen, to, you know, he's done what he, you know, he stood, he stood by the comics. He did for, for Watchmen and for 300, yeah. he, stood, he stood very, very close to them. I mean, there are little liberties, big liberties in Watchmen, but little liberties in 300. But he made Watchmen believe yes. for this. Yes, yes, yes. The one thing which is tough to do, especially for one of the greatest comic book stories ever yes. written. Right. It's and that was intended to be unfilmable, which uh-huh. was, you know, uh, Moore's whole 
plan was to never be adapted into a film. But, you know. The one thing with uh, Man of Steel 2, with all these names being thrown in and all the heroes and everything, they're not exactly saying if they're going to be full-blown roles, though, too. They could just see, be has, in and out. They're blind, but, like, the thing that GC told me they did at, at Comic-Con yeah. was that the premise of the Dark Knight kind of meeting between Superman and Batman. Yeah. Where just them. You know, like, no, remember my, my boot on your, you know, yeah. on your chain but kind of thing. With, like, Wonder Woman and everything, they're not exactly saying that she's going to have a full-blown arc with it. She could just be kind of... Yeah, sure. See, that's the Mortal Kombat Annihilation thing. You have the with the Zack Snyder. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, the Immortal line of the Earth Warriors, Cabal, and Striker have been taken care of. You don't get to see their bodies. Yeah, right, right, right. I hate that shit. But that's the whole thing, like how you pointed out that you have Snyder behind it, you have Nolan behind it. There is that chance of Annihilation, but then also, too, with their hands in it, it could be something. Good. You know, really, without being everything jammed down our throats. Really, what I want to see, mm-hmm. when I like the movie, what I wanted to see well from there is Luther take a secondary, you know, like a mastermind role. Yeah. I don't ever want to see him physical toe to toe ever, 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 ever with Superman. Never, yeah, ever. It doesn't no. belong. It has no place. We know that. The right scene was the introduction of Kryptonite. The introduction of Metallo as a result of that, and also, you know, LexCorp working on cloning, which brings forth Bizarro. Because Alex Ross did something in the comics with Justice that I thought was brilliant, and it was the way they attacked Superman. They brought, they attacked him at home. They had Bizarro and Solomon Grundy yeah. hold his arms. Two of two people that really couldn't keep him contained if they wanted to. But no, you throw them the throw, throw them together. You, you throw well, even throwing them together, he could still best those two. But you throw Metallo in the mix, who opens up his chest, and the kryptonite weakens him, and you have Parasite come in to drain him. Oh wow! That's a four-person combination that had never been utilized in quite that way before, and he's he even cries out at that point, "Help! Somebody help me!" <laughs> and that's when Shazam shows up and. It was you really get a sense of how powerful he is at that moment. But I thought that would be a perfect pairing, you know, finding a way to, to best those two. You know, you have somebody who's not quite as powerful as you, not not even on on par quite where you're at, but somebody who can weaken you to the point where yes, this person can be effective now. You know, and mm-hmm. I would have loved to have seen something like that. But the fact and, and this is this is where it boils down for me. <laughs> Batman has no goddamn place going toe to toe with Superman ever, 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 ever. ever. No. Period. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. Period. You know why? Uh, says it in the beginning of Hush when they're gonna when they're talking about the two of them getting ready to duke it out. He says clearly in there. Yes, Superman could easily just fly Batman from orbit. He could just burn him to ashes, and it would never, it would never even be a fight. But that doesn't make for good comic book writing, mm-hmm. and it also doesn't. You have this immensely powerful character and this immensely popular character, and you have to bring them into a realm in which they can coexist. Yeah. You know, and to me, it's just like no, the, the realm in which they set this up, especially in in this Zack Snyder and Christopher Nolan. Batman is going to have to be reimagined in a way that we've never thought of before. Because they love Metropolis. Yes. 
They leveled Metropolis. I'm not talking buildings knocked down. I'm talking crushed to dust kind of. Yeah. What the fucking Batman possibly going to throw at him? Yeah. You know, the, the, he's not going to be able to, to counter yeah. unless they reimagine, you know, kryptonite, everything. Like, I don't know what they're going to do. I have no argument on that because I agree. Yeah. Frank Miller's doing the Dark Knight Returns and then the Dark Knight Strikes Back. It's Frank Miller because he loves Batman. Mm-hmm. And he treats his treatment of Superman, even though a little and it's actually been done before the way he did Superman as Superman being the government's whipping post. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, um, is still Frank Miller's take on on Superman, Batman, and that Batman can beat him by cheating, just by by throwing everything he can magically and 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 kryptonite and all those other ways. And if you ever read the actual the story, I mean. Green Arrow's helping him in mm-hmm. The Dark Knight Strikes Back. It's the Atom jumping around, messing with his uh, equilibrium. Mm-hmm. The Flash putting a whole bunch of bombs on him. You know, more kryptonite, napalm coming out of whatever. <laughs> and all, like, it's yeah. all these other things yeah. until Batman finally comes in and punches him with some kryptonite boxing gloves. Look at how many things. When Wizard did this uh, um, uh, thing way back in the day to try to pit the ten most powerful uh, superheroes fighting against each other and duking it out. Superman was on there, of course, mm-hmm. up in the top three, and Batman was nowhere on there because he's not powerful. Mm-hmm. He's not. It, and to think that Superman... like That's why I was very upset with the premise that they had. <clears throat> you know, at Comic-Con revealing, you know, that moment right. between Superman versus Batman, that's stupid. Even in the, um, the animated series... They never fought each other physically. No, there was no moment unless Superman was being controlled or whatever, and he's trying to stop him. Even then, he couldn't stop him. No, there was only one really good time he was trying to stop uh, Darkseid from uh, stop him from killing Darkseid. He jumps on him and he activates the boom tube. Yep, you know that was and, that, and that's the only moment. You know, yeah. and, and before that, really good Superman did he knock Batman down? Yeah. However, didn't he uh, toss Superman over his shoulders in, uh, when they first met? He did. Just rolled him, and that was it. Yeah. Just, just a judo throw. Yeah, <laughs> Superman came out with a train, train and he's like, just fucking throw me? And then he comes back at him with a truck punch, right? Slamming Batman against the wall. And he goes, I heard you were crazy, but I didn't think you were stupid. <laughs> so, I guess you got me there, yeah. There's just, there's, I didn't think he should have been that's able to my problem. So That's my problem with, after watching The Man of Steel and knowing now that they've got this idea to bring Super Batman into this whole world, I'm thinking the same thing. What the hell is he going to do? We were going to go over comics and villains, but... Unfortunately, throughout this entire thing, you guys covered them completely. Mm-hmm. And honestly, we came into this as a debate. Mm-hmm. Up to this point, it kind of wasn't, but it grew into something a lot better, in my opinion. Yeah. And see, if you're going to call it a debate, what are you debating? Are you debating oh. who one is, one is better than the other? Oh, oh. oh just wait. Hold the race. Because we do have to close this. And we're going to close it with what I'm going to entitle your guys' final Deathstrokes. This is where your fanboy cred is on on the line here. Okay. I want blood. I want blood with this. We from what we did with this. From what we did with this episode. <laughs> It grew, like I said, it grew from a debate to something I honestly loved. This whole episode was awesome, but now I want the blood. So, 
as I guess Nick is rolled away right now. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just go hard. Okay. I don't want to think now. All right. Mike, Mike's yours. Well, I mean, the great debate is definitely not going to be can Batman beat Superman. I'm sorry, he can't. He can't. I love Batman. I love the philosophy behind Batman, but he can't. I think what makes him stand out, what has, what, why he has stood the test of time, and why he has been so versatile and so universal to a lot more people is because you can. It, he is, as uh, Mark Wade and Alex Ross put him, the zenith of human fortitude and ambition. Because I'm sorry, but when you scratch away Superman, you have an illegal alien who showed up on the planet illegally, doesn't have really any documents, and <laughs> this unattainably powerful character who can never run for president. <laughs> that's uh, that's just a sign. Whether it's a burden matrix or it's a it's a matrix of shit, whatever it is, you can't ever be president. But um, he, Batman on the other hand is is what people they can try to put on uh, their cape and, and you know throughout the day and jump from rooftops. And whether it's because of some crazy fanatic obsession of trying to kill oneself, or it's uh, your idea of just wanting to walk around and see if you can save, you know, the kitten from the tree. Um, it's it's every fanboy's dream to want to put on a utility belt and to have some cool gadgets. Um, he's he's human, and you can connect to that, but also you can connect to the tragedy that he is. That 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 created him, where Superman didn't know his parents beforehand, and, and was raised with Mom Pa Kent. Um, he isn't made out, born out of tragedy, and a lot of people were able to connect with Batman in that sense that they've gone through their own hardships, and from those hardships, they, they you know, you have a character who didn't give up. Who didn't give up on where he um, on the things that you know that he had to face the adversities that he had to deal with, you know, being an orphan. Um, it's it kind of set the rubric for other characters later on who were you know came on as orphans. Um, not a lot of the characters back then were you know made out of the kind of tragedy that Batman was created out of. Um, certainly not the Fantastic Four, Spider-Man in a mm-hmm. sense, you know, uh, Uncle Ben being killed. You know, he set the mold for the more human characters as as the Silver Age and, and the, uh, the later on ages of <coughs> comics started evolving. You had two different camps. You had those who were very super powerful, who did things with their powers, and you had those who were born out of adversity and tragedy who took on these roles um, uh, out of choice, you know, out of, out of the kind of hurt that they had to make sure no one else is hurt the way they are. Um, on film, <laughs> nothing is going to be as grandiose as Christopher Reeve making us believe that you can fly. But holy <laughs> crap, um, but Batman has pulled in a lot more people cross-generationally who can connect with the character. Um, and yeah, he's just a lot cooler because of all the gothic darkness is such, a, such an appealing thing that it's hard to shake it off with. And the hero's always dressed in black. The hero's always dressed in black. He's getting better in black. Yep. Um, <laughs> not always. Not, not always, but yeah. 
but it seems to be the, the thing that people are attracted to. I think the, the thing that makes Batman stand out more is that he is human. Yeah, I'm pointy ears. Hey, you'll have your time. Oh, well, <laughs> but, um, he told him you want the blood. He's no, he's I mean, okay, blood. <laughs> but he's human. He's human. You know, he is so he's someone you can connect with. You know, where Superman has to has to learn to be human again. You know, kind of thing in, in the way some people have written him. I think the thing that makes Batman also stand out more is that he's easier, kind of is easier to write. You know, but also his. His rogues gallery makes for years and years and years of great storylines. How more? How many times can we see Lex Luthor be rich and then finagle some kind of science experiment that <laughs> turns into one more villain or another that's a result of something he did in his greed? Conduit, uh, Bizarro, Parasite, Metallo are all products of LexCorp doing something one way or the other. Whereas these other nutcases, you know, come out of the woodwork, and it's not because Batman exists, you know, the costume may have been there or whatever, but there's an episode called The, the Trial of Batman, oh, yeah. where they were trying to blame Batman for criminals. It's like, wait a minute, but didn't you kidnap your, your the, the Mad Hatter, didn't you kidnap this, you know, person? Yeah. Like, Batman had nothing to do with that, you know, like, it's like, they didn't, he didn't make them, and they made him, yeah. and made him necessary. With Metropolis and with the DC Comics universe at large, Superman really can just retire. <laughs> he can stop what he's doing and retire because now he has inspired others to do the same. But there's not a lot of people who are going to do the same thing in Gotham City. Because you, you have two different things. You have Metropolis being the zenith of uh, today, tomorrow, and forever kind of thing. You know, Whereas Gotham is always going to be this place that is just one step behind depression. And Batman is necessary. Superman is not necessary to Metropolis as much now as he used to be before. No. I'm sorry, it, it, it's, it's the truth. There's so many darn people running around Metropolis that it's you know it's like Superman doesn't even need to be there. That's the that's the premise behind Kingdom Come is that Kingdom you know, he, he left because you know people were taking over his job. Does he need to be there to be their moral center? Yes. Does he need to be there to, to get them back to focus? Yes. What, Magog? <laughs> God, I'm not the reason you left Metropolis, and you know it. Uh, he left because they chose a moral ground that was not one that was conducive. Oh, on the moral ground. And they turned their back on it and they said, fine, I leave because you choose me. Yeah, because they choose to. He should have stayed to be their moral compass. He was not. He decided he not to stay to be their moral compass. And they still turn their back on him. So he says, fine. Yeah, no one is versus the human. And Jack is still stuck behind, even though his stuck to Gotham. Stuck to Gotham. And because even though his methods were outdated, he's still stuck by his guys. Because Gotham still does just the same stuff. It's just robberies and bank ties and all Superman is more powerful and he can stop the cosmic foes, yes. But you know what? Not every monster is going to be stepping on a city. Sometimes it's going to be stepping on the little guy. And Batman is there to save that little guy. Really? Yeah. How's Batman going to stop toe-to-toe against Darkseid? He doesn't need to. What do you mean he doesn't need to? That's what Superman's for. But I thought Superman can retire. Really quick. How about this? 
how about Superman stays in business and everybody else retires? Not gonna happen. He can handle that shit. He doesn't. <laughs> there is not a problem that Joker could cause that Superman couldn't stop that Okay, then let's go back to the human part of it. This is where I'm stepping up to the plate. All right, all right, all right. All right. I enjoyed that debate. I find it appalling that you even suggest that Superman is, that he's less relatable. I said what, right? Because, because Batman is human. Superman is quite possibly more human at heart than Batman ever could be. Batman is a product of his tragic environment. Otherwise, he would just be another spoiler. Well, maybe not spoiler, but he would be another well-educated public defender kind of, I'm going to fight for my suit behind the lines. He would have never tried to do the things that he does. Superman has those powers by his birthright, but he is who he is because of his upbringing. And he chooses to do what he does. Not out of tragedy, not out of anything else, because that's what he is there to do. He knows that he's going to use what he can to give back to what he believes is right and what is good in defending those people. And that is way more human than anything Batman has brought to. Batman needs to stay within the borders of Gotham and never go anywhere else. Never go anywhere else. Much like Daredevil. <laughs> 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 Let's just stay in your little corner of this world and do your thing. Don't get me wrong. They are morally the flip side of the same coin. Batman survives in the dark. Superman thrives in the light. Okay? Batman. <laughs> Batman, who the shit would choose a utility belt over the ability to fly or lift anything like a tank above their head? Do you realize how much good you could do with just any one of these powers? As opposed to putting myself through years and years of batter and, and torment and, and physical damage that I'm going to break that over, whereas once Batman is far buried beneath the earth, Superman will continue to fight that fight. Continue to fight that fight. He'll be right there to do that. And let's say Superman retires. Okay, I'm going to kick back and see what happens. Who's going to stop the world when Doomsday Brainiac show up? Yes, Lex has created quite a few of them stupid roads of his. But you still have Brainiac, who is a global universal threat. You still have Darkseid. You still have characters like Doomsday, who are not products of anything but... Oh, wait, wait, let's go with Zod. Let's go with Zod. He has been back there several times. You have another Kryptonian right there. What the fuck is Batman going to do against it? I got the spring. It goes in the dark. It's kind of green. Oh, fuck. I just got burned. <laughs> That's really the way it boils down to it is that there is nothing that Batman can do that Superman couldn't do faster, better, or... Screw the back faster part. It's part. It's coming over with. And there was one thing that I couldn't help but notice every time I watched every one of Dark Knight films is going, you know, if Superman was involved in this, this shit would have been over a long time ago. And then, what, a neutron bomb? I'm going to hug this. <laughs> I'm going to hug this. I'm going to hug this. Go ahead, push your detonator. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead.
not saying that Superman is better because of his powers. I'm saying that he can do things that Batman never could, never will be able to do, no matter what he does. And Super Superman is only voted out because nobody will ever be able to pay the money to obtain that. Batman is a believable character in the sense that with that kind of training and that kind of willpower and that kind of thing, maybe I could push myself to be like Batman. But it's a fallacy. You can't be that way. You can't learn all those martial arts. You can't do all those things. You can't become Batman. Just like you can't become Superman. But people were going to live dis- disillusioned and, eh, you know, and that's fine. I admire Batman for the fight that he fights. He does good. He refuses to kill now. He killed a shitload before. <laughs> a shitload of people. I have no idea how many people he killed before. He was bad And just to say, I don't know, the most recognizable symbol in the world is what? The cross. Don't say no bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know what the second most recognizable symbol is? Superman. Superman does. He is the second most translated name in history. You know what the first is? Jesus. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. Well, that's about it on that. Um, oh God, that was I'm gonna put my two cents on, in on this. Okay. Um, I was really glad to pee on your two cents. No, <laughs> oh, no, no, this is not gonna go near your guys' thing. No, honestly, no. I cannot. <laughs> but I can, can I say one one last thing? Yeah. I want to go on record right now and say I absolutely love Batman. I love Batman for the reason that, that he's. Hell, he's of the top three. Him, Superman, and Captain America have stood the test of time for the morals that they hold on to now. Granted, they didn't exactly have those morals, with the exception of Captain America, from the get-go, but they became something that was, uh, whether it's in the darkness or in the light where Superman is, they became symbols of hope and... uh, a need uh, or, or, or uh, an ability to feel safe, whether it be through the fear that Batman strikes or the light that Superman casts. And I, that is why I genuinely believe, till the end of time, they will be the world's finest team. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so here, here's my two cents on mm-hmm. Honestly, from what we've learned from this episode and everything, um, I don't think there's an answer. I don't think there is truthfully an answer of Batman or Superman. Like like you said, because the world's finest team, the reason why is because they are, the two of them alone are the epitome for what superheroes would be. Yeah. They they are the mold. Um, even though some other characters came before and some other characters will, will endure, yeah. um, they are the mold. There's Every superhero is created out of the mold of those two. Oh, yeah. You know, um... And in my opinion, neither one can exist anymore without the other. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, they've had their separate uh, TV shows and serials and, and, and movies, and everything has gone on from there. Really, when you boil it down to, the, to who the two people are in the DC Comics who make the DC Comic Pantheon <coughs> worth reading, it is really those two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, everyone else is based up, you know, upon what those two have done. 
and they can neither one can exist without the other. Um, not not in the, in the sense that of course Superman can move faster and do things faster and everything like, but that they have become you know two sides of the same coin. You mm-hmm. can't scratch off the other side of the coin. You know you really can't. You can try, but you really can't. Which is, by the way, something that Marvel has never achieved. They've never achieved any one or two characters that yeah. stand so alone, yeah. that stand so high atop that mountain, yeah. that you know it doesn't take an entire team to meet. Exactly. The only one that does it is Cap. Yeah. Captain America. You have some guys who are close to Iron Man, like the whole Civil War. It's not an Iron Man, but yes, Captain America. But Iron Man is not the antithesis of Captain America. As far as I'm concerned, the only one that's close to that, the only one that comes close to Cap, is Peter Parker. Right. As a kid, had teenage years decided I need to do something better because he was born out of tragedy Mm -hmm. as well. Well, not born out of it, but he got his powers Mm -hmm. and became ruthless out of tragedy. Mm -hmm. And realized that was the work, you know, the right way to take it. So if there's any one hero that really exemplifies both the power and, and the you know and the willpower of Superman and Batman, I would say it'd be Spider Man. Yeah. yeah. Um to close everything up on this uh, portion of it, I wanna hear Phil's thoughts. He's the one that has championed this episode. The whole concept of Batman versus Superman as we did our debate earlier or question at the Long Beach Con whenever I get that video edited. <clears throat> How do you think this went? This went so much better than I even thought it would. I knew it was going to be great, but it came out phenomenal. You guys, you guys delivered. You guys delivered, and uh, you know, the thing is, I knew it was going to be educational for me as well. I mean, no matter how much prepping I did for the episode, I still did not know as much as you guys did. And what you guys brought on board is great. And I'm glad we all came up to the conclusion that there really is no answers like who's better than the other. You're like one cannot. I'm glad we came up with the conclusion, and I'm agreeing with this, and this is the conclusion that I drew by myself, that they could not exist without one another. I mean, even uh, when I examine certain things, like uh, in Superman Returns, you know, when he's on the planet full of you know, kryptonite and stuff like that, and they start to gang up and beat the little shit out of them. I, I, I see that scene, and I'm like, you know what, if Batman was there, he'd so kick ass. <laughs> 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 you know? Yeah, it's like, it's like, you know, it's like, oh, 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 it's like, Lex wouldn't have gotten close enough to stick his foot in his face. Uh, I can't help it. And the same thing when he gave up his powers to be with Lois Lane in that bar fight. Yeah. That Bruce Wayne had seen that happen. He goes, what the fuck? Bam! I mean, he, yeah. you know, uh, they don't see the better good. You know, it's, just like, it's like, oh, the fuck, stop, stop beating up on him. I mean, it's, it's not right. Yeah. But um, they, uh, uh, they will both continue fighting the good fight. And... I can feel that uh, this is going to be one of my favorite episodes, and I thank you guys. We're yeah, so big fans of each character. Oh, yes. As I was showing Josh earlier, in my collection outside, uh, it's mm-hmm. my definition of the Trinity from DC, mm-hmm. which is Batman, Superman, and Green Lantern. Uh-huh. I show them the box that has all my Superman, Batman stuff. I saw his lantern. Yeah, so I saw my lantern and wore the wood cap the light. <laughs> um, 
Studying up on it, and which I used like none of it. Yeah, yeah. Funny thing. Yeah. I told him before, he's like, I'm gonna stop the ground. <laughs> they're like, there's no, you know why? I, I can't even yeah. because I know that. I wanted this to do the same thing. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, Batman's good. Like, this is why Batman's amazing. Yeah. But it, it doesn't lead to that because I'm such a huge fan of Superman, and mm-hmm. I, I told him from the beginning, I'm like, dude, there's not, a, it's not a debate to me. Because it's just, it's a matter of our opinion which one we love the mo- most. And that's really what's going to resonate with a lot of people is that you, whether you like one of them, you're going to start to learn to love the other one. Mm-hmm. You know, because they really do stand for, they stand for the same thing at the end of the day. Their beginnings start at the same, their methods are completely different, but when you get to the end result, you have two guys who are going to try to do the right thing for everyone else's sake. You know, whether, whether their original intentions are selfish out of vengeance, or it is because of a moral, a moral and ethical uprightness um, that is founded and rooted in belief and faith and trust. You have two people who their end result are um, what is best for this person hurting. You know, how do we save this person? Yeah. That's that's the one. That's the one thing when we, when we look at the movies, we look at the comics, we look at the stories. Um, we've always landed on. We'll get upset because oh man, they missed it. Look what they've done, or, or whatever. We get, we get upset about it. Yeah, Superman Returns was, was crap, but it, I was disappointed too. I, wa- I wanted, I saw a 30 second trailer and cried. And my heart jumped to, oh my gosh, like this is, it could be a great people catalog. They wished to be, they only like it like sure. But you wanted it to succeed. I wanted it to succeed. And that little kid, little kid in me, yeah. still wearing my Batman shirt, wanted to look up in the sky and go, there he goes. Yeah. That, you know, and that's, exactly. that's, uh, that's oh, not, I told him Snyder to say the end of all this, but I can't do it. <laughs> but that's the kind of relationship I've had with, with mm-hmm. Nick, is that here's this guy who's a few years older than I am, who I've seen him as he's been, as he's been Superman to me. He's been dad, he's been hard worker, he's been actor, he's been journalist, he's been, you know, my friend, despite whatever I try to do to sabotage our friendship. <laughs> <laughs> and I've done some stupid things. Nothing major. Nothing bad major. Nothing but, friends on. But, um, I want to mess you, man. Yeah. Same thing, too. I'm going, I'm trying to find my own small wheel somewhere out there <laughs> so I can be the kind of man, you know, and start my own family and move on with my life and not flounder in Gotham. I need to find Smallville and find something for myself. 
We'll, you know, we'll do things protected here in God. Yeah. <laughs> so we do promise to keep him. Yes, I will. I will be. I mean, we do promise. We do. 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 But, uh, keep your phone on your butt and in your pants. That's <laughs> my dick. <laughs> <laughs> For us having you on the Violent Media episode, that's one of our all-time favorite episodes. Is when we had the six people sitting there, and that honestly is one of our greatest episodes in our opinion. And to be able to have you come onto this debate as Phil, like I said, Phil's champion this concept for a long time. We're very glad we were able to get this under the wire. And like I've said to Nick, I'll say it to you, I owe Phil a lot for introducing me to you guys. Because you guys are two talented dudes and brought Nowhere California to something I could never even imagine. Your knowledge and talent is insane. We're the brain trust of nerddom. Well, that's the Sweet. I, that, actually, what I want to do is Ohio, relative to Boston. Mm-hmm. So, actually, it's right 
not too far away. Yeah. Why? Because we're going to visit my friend in Boston and this year. So oh, yeah, dude, it's, it's like a six-hour, seven-hour drive. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> not that far. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's, that's I'm cool. driving 2,000 miles. Listen, I, 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 want, I want you guys to understand something, man. The fact that we embrace the things that we love doesn't make us nerds. It makes us passionate. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Okay? And if nerd is the title that I have to wear in order to... to Carve it on my chest. And bring it on. I'll yeah. tattoo that shit right on my forehead. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'll put it in a shield just like this one on my chest. Yeah, nice. With a big old N, which is where I think my initial should be. <laughs> Oh, so, <laughs> okay. Yeah, thank, thank you guys for the opportunity to do oh, this. Thank you. Yeah, there's one thing that I noticed was missing throughout this entire episode, and it's the discussion of poop. Oh, yeah. Because so, I've got to drop a dude like crazy. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. now the end game, we did this on episode 50. Uh, basically, Bill, you want to remind them. Okay. The way the game goes is we come up with movie titles. We say movie titles. That could be code for, hey, I need to take a shit. You know? Such as Operation Double Drop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just an example. So since Mike, you're the one that's out of here, you go first. Uh, you Awesome. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have to movie titles? Yeah, movie titles. Movie titles. Okay. Uh, oh, crap. <laughs> Breaking 2, Electric Boogaloo. There you go. <laughs> Popeye. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's code for not a piece of shit. It's, <laughs> it's I have to take a shit, but I'll, I'll let you slide. I'm going to jump a Popeye. Okay. Dropping Anchor. There is a movie. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'll say the Big Lebowski. Okay. All right, two. Squeeze play. <laughs> <laughs> and the Brown Bunny. The Contender. That was good. Thank you. Wag the dog. Bottoms away. Shameless. <laughs> the Terminator. Oh! This is the Die Hard. Terminator 2. <laughs> I guess right the machines wouldn't really work on it. The Wrath of Khan. Oh, God. Relentless. Oh, into darkness. <laughs> Unbreakable. <laughs> Unstoppable. <laughs> Generations. Invincible. <laughs> 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 my it, it's a pun on the second part of this title, but jury duty. Fuck! That was mine, you bitch! <laughs> <laughs> okay. The Dark Knight Returns. The Dark Knight Rises. That's a failure, I think. Oh, my God. I got a good one. You told me last time. 
Midnight train. <laughs> I'm gonna hold off on the other one. Midnight meat train. <laughs> the Green Mile. What about Bob? Mission Impossible. Run away, jury. Groundhog Day. Oh, did you say run away, jury? Didn't you say? Did you say? Did you say? Did you say? Okay, back it up. Okay, back up. Okay, I'll come up with a different one. I got one. Unsinkable Molly Brown. Loose cannons. Titanic. Fox Brown. Reservoir Dogs. From dusk till dawn. Oh, you took mine. The never ending story. We're dying here. You know, I might end it. Oh man! I'm, I'm saying I'm a loser, but I want Mike Dennett. Thunderball. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you! And close the show. Alright, you close it, buddy. Thank you so much for joining everybody here. For uh, Josh, for Phil, for Nick, and myself. Uh, no, nowhere, California. Have a good night. Welcome to 2014. And. We'll give you a phone or a sandwich. Give you a phone!